Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. There's been much hullabaloo regarding certain person's ambitions of impeaching the president. Now, a critical element of this movement has to do with the activities of the Russian Federation vis-a-vis the presidential election and their possible influence on that election. What I find to be just a tad more than ironic about this whole matter is that the Democratic Party, that is with Big D for Democrats, the Democrats were responsible in significant part for Donald Trump becoming the Republican candidate for president. And yes, once he had attained to the nomination, then there was a switch. There was a change, a transition a hurried, panicked transition. Second thoughts, buyer's remorse about, do we really want him to be the candidate? But it wasn't just Democrats as far as Democrat politicians or core Democrat activists. No, not just the ones identifiable as being Democrat political operatives, but the major media elite played a very significant role in puffing Donald Trump, in promoting Donald Trump, in enabling and facilitating the successful campaign of Donald Trump, by Donald Trump. Many times throughout the campaign, it seemed like it was a one-man show. Even though it operated something to the tune of a three-ring circus, it was all over the map, but it was a very Trump-driven Campaign Now, you might think, well, of course, all campaigns are driven by the candidate. Well, yes and no. (laughs) The chief campaign operatives have a great deal to say about what goes on during a typical campaign. And, of course, the omnipresent media has a tremendous influence on how things are reported. But time and time and time and time again, I saw it reported, not just by the major media elites, but by many others, that the the Trump campaign was so often in such disarray, and the candidate frequently was going off-message getting hot under the collar, tweeting all hours of the night, doing all kinds of undisciplined, (laughs) seemingly foolhardy things. And certainly not very uh, distinguished uh, appearing with regard to these actions of his that he reveled in and so forth. But 
I just bring this up because I think it is so ironic that now, well, again, since he became the candidate and then going on into the formalized White House transition to the incoming president and then with his taking office and all the time since then, there has been just a massive attempt to ridicule, deride, denigrate all things having to do with the Trump administration, with the focus steadfastly on de-electing Donald Trump. Now, if you've listened to the program before, you know I am not a fan of Donald Trump. And that's putting it so gently. But I do think it is ironic that these people who played such a large role in bringing about the nomination of Donald Trump have been feverishly attempting to roll that back ever since. The president delivered his State of the Union address a while ago now, okay, (laughs) the end of January. And I commented on it for the duration of a program back then. But I am going to revisit the State of the Union address with reference to certain elements of that address. You know, there are those across the United States of America, many people who I imagine sincerely believe, wrongly, but sincerely believe that all of the efforts ongoing to attempt to bring about the ouster of the president that those are being engaged in because of the wrongness, the terrible wrongness of this president, as compared to his predecessors, as compared to his extremely worthy, honorable, outstanding predecessors and, of course, the presumptive president, Hillary Rodham Clinton, who came up short again. The truth is, though, that all of this effort to root out Donald Trump from being president, it's not founded or rooted or anchored in anything wrong that he's done, plenty of which he's done has been wrong, no doubt about it. But the reason for it is because, not because of his failures, it's because of his successes. Now, Donald Trump going way back, back to his great... PR platform of The Apprentice and the spinoffs from that and so on and so forth. He has always been, and going back way before that, has always been great at blowing his own horn, has always been great at self-promotion, at self-aggrandizement. These are hallmarks of the man. It's right in his DNA. And in the State of the Union addresses and in his other political pronouncements and his tweeting, his infernal tweeting, he is forever taking credit 
for all manner of things. But this is the way it is in the political realm, unfortunately. But it is just so endemic in politics. You just find it across the spectrum of politics is the politicians and the political candidates claiming credit for this, that, and the other thing, and meanwhile, denying culpability, responsibility for things that are not viewed as positive. And this president, like some before him, errs on the side of exaggerating. And he makes some incredible pronouncements. And personally, I think he's extremely foolish to insist on being the tweeter-in-chief. This obsession he has with it, it makes for incredibly undisciplined communications. And that does not play to one of his strengths. But it's the way he is, and he refuses to be disciplined. And when he brings people into his administration whose role is to try to rein in the commander-in-chief and have him be more presidential or dignified, it invariably results in him despising them and getting rid of them and insisting on Trump being Trump. Well, all efforts aside to try to make Donald Trump appear to be something that he's not, (laughs) appear to be more of a Reagan or something like that, that many people foolishly, Blindly, ignorantly, wishful thinking, insisted on imagining that he was ascribing such characteristics and qualities to him because of their desperation to get someone into office, into the office of presidency other than Hillary Rodham Clinton. Donald Trump, though, for all of his myriad faults, has made more progress. His administration has made more progress in rolling back the suffocating leftist, hardcore socialist influence that has been killing this nation for decades has made more progress against that than any of these leftists had imagined was possible. Every time you see the name Betsy DeVos, you will see her being viciously Attacked. And they always try to make it out that she's incompetent. She doesn't know what she's doing and she's callous and unfeeling and this, that, and the other thing. All absolute bald faced lies concerning this noble, excellent, outstanding woman who has dedicated herself for so long, to trying to reform the horrendous public education system in this nation. And when any punk kids brazenly display their disrespect for her, their loathing of her, their ignorance, 
The major media elite, they just gobble that up. They have to trumpet that and magnify that. But Betsy DeVos has really been up to the challenge. I'm going to comment on the White House response, the president's response uh, to Russian Federation and in the Middle East and so on and so forth here in a bit. But before I do, I just want to make sure that I don't miss out on speaking regarding the State of the Union Address. At the beginning of the State of the Union Address, the President said the following, and I'm going to be just taking little excerpts out. All right. So he said that less than a year had passed since he first stood at the podium. Quote, in this majestic chamber to speak on behalf of the American people and to address their concerns, their hopes, and their dreams. End quote. So this president took it upon himself in his first State of the Union address to speak on behalf of the American people, the homogeneous American people. This president sought to be all things to all people in the United States of America, to speak on behalf of the American people, whoever those people are. Is that including the multitudes of those who are here illegally? Is that speaking on behalf of the vicious, ruthless gangs? On behalf of the murderers and destroyers, the pimps, the kidnappers, the rapists, the prostitutors? Was he speaking on behalf of them? Was he speaking on behalf of these entrenched, hardcore left socialist politicians and political operatives that have done everything in their power to bring this nation down, to destroy this nation, to degrade it, defile it, and enslave it. Was he speaking on behalf of them? Who was he speaking on behalf of? But he imagines, or at least saw fit to reference this, to state this, that he was speaking on behalf of the American people. Something that really can't be done. Now, this nation has many Christian churches. It has many Christian pastors ministers, televangelists, and what have you. And it is not uncommon for these people, who are very far from a homogeneous group of people, to claim to speak on behalf of God Almighty. But in point of fact, those who actually, factually, honestly, honorably, truly represent God, represent the truth of God, they are a microcosm of that multitude of those who purportedly speak on behalf of God. And that's the way it's always been. The false prophets always outweighed, outnumbered the true prophets by a huge, huge margin. So too with the priests and the pastors and so forth. 
But at least that was something that is something that is possible for those who have a heart for truth, those who are truly called by God to speak on behalf of God, if God has chosen them, that is possible. But to speak on behalf of the American people? No, you can speak to the American people. Absolutely. You can address the American people. But to speak on behalf of them, that you're representing all of them, what they think, they feel, they believe, or they claim, that simply is not even possible. And to imagine that you can do so, that you are doing so, to claim to do so is uh, a little revelation, if you will. It's a little light into the core of the man, this president. But moving along. Because he said some remarkably wrong things, such as the following, quote, in the aftermath of that terrible shooting, end quote, that terrible shooting being the attempted murder of Congressman Steve Scalise, who's the Republican majority whip in the House of Representatives, quote, we came together not as Republicans or Democrats, but as representatives of the people, end quote. Wrong, 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 wrong. If you have a brain in your head, how can you be that wrong? How can you state something that wrong, not via Twitter, but via a very carefully crafted address to the nation and the world? Heard around the world. Oh, but all Republicans and Democrats, they all came together. They were all horrified at that and so on and so forth, which is why we saw statements from this Democrat and that Democrat and that one saying that Steve Scalise deserved to be shot. He brought it on himself and on and on and on. But the president had a different take on what took place there. Then he goes on to say something that every single president that we've had in modern times has said. Quote, the state of our union is strong. End quote. It doesn't matter. What has been said during the campaigns? What has been said during the election? When it comes time to deliver the State of the Union address, whether it's the first State of the Union address the president delivers or his last, the State of the Union is strong. Bald-faced, brazen, flagrant lie. But, of course, it's the president's job to encourage the people or something like that. And so, of course, they have to use poetic license here to tell people things, supposedly speaking on behalf of the American people and telling them things that if they have any sense, they know better than to believe. But to give the fuller quote there, the state of our union is strong because our people are strong, end quote, which is even worse. Even though President Trump pays lip service here or there to God in his State of the Union address, there is continual, perpetual puffing of the American people about how strong they are and how brave they are and how brilliant they are and how outstanding they are. All of them. 
including the scum of the earth. Kidnappers, rapists, murderers, they're all outstanding Americans. The state of our union is strong because our people are strong. Well, this nation has all kinds of people, depending on your definition of strength, who are strong, who have spent their lives doing everything they can to destroy this nation. If the state of our union was strong, and it's not, but if it were, it would be thanks only to the grace of God. Then he goes on to say, quote, and together we are building a safe, strong, and proud America, end quote. Yes, pride is so important. Pride is such a virtue, right? And you always hear it from these people who don't know God from the Michelin man, who don't know one end of the Bible from the other, but they think pride is this great virtue because they're so full of it, so full of pride. But it's not. You will not find anywhere in the Bible God honoring people being prideful. You won't find it. It's not there. If you want to be proud of something, if there's something virtuous, some context in which Being proud is virtuous. It's being proud of God, not man. Anyway, the president goes on and he takes credit for this, that, and the other thing, and so on and so forth. And some of the things that he takes credit for are absolutely deserving of taking credit for, even if they weren't done in time to have effect on you because they haven't gone into effect yet at the time of tax returns and so forth, such as the following, quote, we eliminated an especially cruel tax that fell mostly on Americans making less than $50,000 a year, forcing them to pay tremendous penalties simply because they could not afford government-ordered health plans. We repealed the core of disastrous Obamacare. The individual mandate is now gone, end quote. Well, hopefully, yes, next year, but not right now in terms of this year's tax returns. Now, Back to Trump's words, his words affirming Americans, his words promoting the elevation of self-esteem for all Americans. Quote, if you believe in yourself, if you believe in America, then you can dream anything, you can be anything, and together we can achieve anything. End quote. Okay. <laughs> if you believe in yourself, if you believe in America, not God, okay, God's not there, then you can dream anything, be anything, and achieve anything. I don't know, maybe if you put that into German, it will sound like something that Adolf Hitler (laughs) would have said to his adoring throngs, right? Or the throngs that were terrified but didn't dare do more to oppose him because of all of those who were being shipped away for resisting. Again, those words, if you believe in yourself, if you believe in America, okay, 
Nothing wrong with that, whatever that means. If you believe in America, are we talking about a God-fearing, God-honoring, God-loving America that was actually created by God, intended by God? If you want to call it dreamed or dreamt by God, you may. But this wasn't dreamt up by sinful people. It wasn't, regardless what public education and private education say to the contrary, and the major media elites, and our president, and all of the high and mighty politicians. Then he says, all of us, this is quote, all of us together as one team, one people, and one American family. We all share the same home, the same heart, the same destiny, and the same great American flag, end quote. Even if, oh yes, you happen to belong to an Islamist terrorist cell over here. <laughs> you know, minor little things. Don't even need to you know, concern ourselves with these slight uh, affronts to this notion that we're all in this together. We're all one team, one people, one American family. Really, is that what was evidenced at election time? I don't really think so. (laughs) Perhaps I'm mistaken. But before I digress further... Let me just say, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After All is Said and Done is the program. And if there's anything right about it, good about it, true about it, within it, it's thanks to God Almighty and His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. If there's anything wrong with it, lacking, failing, that's thanks to me. My fault. But beyond this, what our president said. He said, Americans love their country. Well, no, I would say Americans that love their country love their country. But there are all kinds of Americans And those who are designated Americans by the Nancy Pelosi's and Dianne Feinstein's and Charles Schumer's and Joe Biden's and Hillary Rodham Clinton's and Barack Hussein Obama's who despise America and want to destroy it. Some of them are Islamists from afar. (laughs) Some of them are Homegrown Islamists who weren't Islamists but Islamists but became Islamists, such as a certain former CIA director under Barack Hussein Obama. Some of them, many of them, who hate and despise this nation, have very high and mighty positions in this federal government of this nation and in other high and mighty, lofty perches across this nation. But apart from, again, some things that he took credit for, and rightly so. Apart from that, he said the following, quote, We can lift our citizens from welfare to work, from dependence to independence, and from poverty to prosperity. End quote. We, I don't know who the we was here, whether this is the government, the federal government, 
the federal government plus the state governments, the federal government plus the state governments, plus the municipal governments, or plus businesses or foundations or what. But we can lift our citizens from welfare to work from dependence to independence, and from poverty to prosperity. Well, that is a very different thing compared to enabling them, empowering them to lift themselves. But also this matter of our citizens, it's not just citizens that are receiving the benefits of welfare across this nation. No. Thanks to, again, some really outstanding Americans out there who know better. Then he shared about two girls who were slaughtered by a gang, an MS-13 gang from Central America. But here in the United States of America, he didn't mention about these girls being gang raped, but they were murdered, slaughtered. And he went on to say, many of these gang members took advantage of glaring loopholes in our laws to enter the country as unaccompanied alien minors. And they wound up in these girls' high school. Glaring loopholes that were very, very carefully crafted and designed to enable this kind of thing. But, But he then went on to say the following. Tonight, everyone in this chamber is praying for you, referencing the parents of these two girls. Everyone in America is grieving for you. And 320 million hearts are breaking for you. Really? (laughs) Really? All the gangsters out there are praying for you? Their hearts are breaking for you. All the gangsters, all the destroyers, all the slaughterers. And how about all of those extreme, hardcore socialists who continue to use the federal government and other governments in this nation to bring this nation down, to have it overrun by destroyers. One possible reason, I know this sounds ridiculous, but one possible reason for doing this sort of thing, for destroying your own nation this way, enemies domestic, is to bring about a form of coup d'etat, martial law military rule in order to accomplish their greater good of completely destroying the remnants of what's left of the original America, the God-intended, God-created America. Oh, but none dare suggest that any evil ones like that would conspire that way to do anything evil like that and would consider these dear girls as anything more than collateral damage. No, all in a good cause. Every now and then, our president says something right. And here is one instance of this. Quote, my duty and the sacred duty of every elected official in this chamber is to defend Americans, to protect 
their safety, their families, their communities, and their right to the American dream. End quote. Well, it, there are problems with what he said. Okay, Again, it's a matter of Americans because, in essence, all Americans are good and no Americans are preying upon other Americans. Okay, No. But it's to defend the good from the evil. To defend the innocent from the vicious, ruthless, monstrous, maniacal destroyers. But again, he... You know, lumps everybody together. We're all one big happy family, right? But he's right that the duty of government, the foundational duty of government, the indispensable responsibility of government is to protect the governed from evil, from destroyers. That's why governments actually come into existence. Why they exist is to protect people from destruction. But, of course, we have very different ideas uh, in this country and the Western world and the world at large about how we go about that. And there are a great many high and mighty people who insist that destroyers should not be executed because that just would not be right. That would not be the humane thing to do. Donald Trump made much to do about the evil, the viciousness, the ruthlessness of North Korea's communist Kim regime. But he referred to China and Russia as rivals. Rivals that challenge our interests, our economy, and our values. Just rivals, all right? even though North Korea is a satellite state of communist China and the former Soviet Union. And he stated that, as quote, as part of our defense, we must modernize and rebuild our nuclear arsenal. Dot, dot, dot. Making it so strong and powerful that it will deter any acts of aggression, end quote. Well, why is there the need for that? The need for that arises from what the previous president did in disarming this nation, in stripping it of a dastardly nuclear arsenal. Nuclear weapons, bad. They are bad. But guess what? When it's just the other ones that have the nuclear weapons, that is worse for the United States of America. Something else that the previous administration did, quote, in the past we have foolishly released hundreds of dangerous terrorists only to meet them again on the battlefield, including the ISIS leader al-Baghdadi. Well, end quote. It wasn't foolishness. This was by design. This was, this was not just foolishness. But there are many, many other things in the State of the Union address that matter that are important. He said that past experience, quote, past experience has taught us that complacency and concessions only invite aggression and provocation. I will not repeat the mistakes of past administrations that got us into this dangerous position, end quote, referencing North Korea. But of course, now, now he gloats over his coup in lining up a powwow with Kim Jong-un. 
it's going to just be so, so great. And meanwhile, his administration says this proves that the president's words, statements regarding North Korea, that they have worked, they have, in essence, forced North Korea to come to the peace table, right? But again and again, he leaves God out of it, out of why America became America. Out of any greatness and goodness that there was in America, it's all man is the measure of all things. It's all man-focused, woman-focused, people-focused, thanks to people, not to God. And not to godliness, not to godly people, but to people. And he made this to do about honoring monuments, memorials. But of course, there shouldn't be any for the remarkable heroes of the Confederate States of America, because after all, they were traitors against America, right? And they were just trying to impose slavery across America. Absolute bald-faced lies. The truth is, they were fighting for their freedom, for freedom for their families, for their homeland, from the oppressive, aggressive federal government regime. Does that mean everybody on the side of the Confederate States of America was good and godly? Heavens, no. But to make it out that the Union were the good guys and the Confederates were the bad guys is a breathtaking revision of history, of historical fact, of historical truth. The war between the states should really, and of course it's referred to as the Civil War, should be referred to as the war between the federal government or regime and the Confederate states, which were exercising their constitutional right to secession, which is laid out in the Constitution of the United States of America. How dare they exercise that? But back to the words of our president, quote, the people dreamed this country. The people built this country. And it is the people who are making America great again. As long as we are proud of who we are and what we are fighting for, there is nothing we cannot achieve, end quote. Really? The people dreamed it, dreamed it into existence, you know, spoke it into existence, if you will. The people built this country. And it's the people who are making America great again. Well... I have grandfathers and great-grandfathers who labored sacrificially in this nation. But this nation came into existence because of God's plans and purposes for this place. But the president goes on to say, quote, as long as we have confidence in our values, faith in our citizens, faith in people, faith in our citizens, and trust in our God, we will not fail. Our families will thrive, our people will prosper, and our nation will forever be safe and strong and proud and mighty and free, end quote. Isn't that great? I mean, regardless of what you think of me, isn't, aren't those great words from our president? Hmm? Quote, 
I'll back it up here just ever so slightly. Quote, Americans fill the world with art and music. They push the bounds of science and discovery, and they forever remind us of what we should never forget. The people dreamed this country. The people built this country. And it is the people who are making America great again. As long as we are proud of who we are and what we are fighting for, there is nothing we cannot achieve. As long as we have confidence in our values, faith in our citizens, and trust in our God, we will not fail. Our families will thrive, our people will prosper, and our nation will forever be safe and strong and proud and mighty and free. End quote. Thank you and God bless America. God has blessed America, but he's supposed to just keep blessing America. And every president and every senator and every congressman, including those who spit on God, on the name of God, they, in front of the people, will say, God bless America. The only reason this nation is still standing, despite the corruption and perversion of our laws, of our justice system, of our legal systems, despite the evils instituted by our governments, despite the bloodshed against the only innocent members of our society, along with myriad other tender, young, innocent ones. The only reason is the mercy of God, the patience of God. That's it. It's not because we're so great, we're dreaming and believing and thinking and blah, 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 all of our positive belief systems. All of that nonsense. No. And if this nation does not make extraordinary changes for the better, this nation will not continue, much less forever, No nation is going to continue forever, but it won't continue far into the future. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. 